Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, our special Christmas episode. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in Christian Living Magazine. I am so excited to have my good friend Gary Moore joining me today. Gary's column, Understanding Relationships, is easily found in just about every issue of Christian Loving Magazine. Additionally, he shares his wisdom right here on 94.1 each Friday morning at 9.45 and hosts a live cast every Monday morning on his Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page. Gary, Merry Christmas. Thank Merry you. Merry Christmas to you, Sandy. Thank you for joining me today. Good to be here. How are you? Okay. I think. You think? Do I, do I need to ask your wife? Yeah. How are you? should tell me. How, how is how is Gary? Yeah. Those who know me personally know I'm a fly-by-the-seat-of-the-pants type gal, and Gary does know me personally. He's known me a long time. Um, you had to be surprised when I reached out in early November and, and said, you want to help me do the Christmas show? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure it was so much uh, the timing, but just different kind of topic. Yep. It was. It was. I knew when I realized that our our Christmas falls on a Saturday this year, I knew we needed to do a Christmas show, but I wanted it to be a little bit more unique because that's kind of me too. And so I started praying over what God would have us share today and was drawn back into the memory of a class that my husband Steve and I took from you years ago. And it was on the genealogy of Christ as found in the book of Matthew. I was spellbound. It was so crazy. Not crazy, crazy, but it just... The way you presented it, but the information there was unlike anything I'd ever thought about. Yeah, the whole thing of the genealogy of Jesus is really quite interesting. I'm not much into doing genealogy. My wife has somebody in her family that's kind of traced their whole family tree back. And I I don't know if I've never gotten into it because I'm I'm not afraid of what I'd find, but uh, I don't know if I care. (laughs) I don't know. It's just never been a a high thing for me. But when you understand genealogy in the time of Jesus and what it meant, and then a lot of people do genealogy because they want to find somebody that's famous and somebody that makes them look good. And in ancient times, genealogies were kind of like your resume. And so that was the way you looked good was to how your resume was put together. And so they had a couple practices they followed. The first was you hide all the bad family, people in the family tree. The black sheep. Yeah, you just leave them out. You don't even put them in. The second thing was you never put women in. Yep. Because it was a very patriarchal culture. Women were not held in the same value as men. So they don't appear hardly in any genealogies. They didn't make it. And it's usually the wife of. Yes, except in Matthew, in Jesus' genealogy, it's all different. It looks dramatically different. He didn't go out of his way to keep the messy people out. Yeah. And, in fact, he included them. And as we look at some of these, we'll even see some of that. Even the good people in the genealogy that's in Matthew have got skeletons in their closets. 
had lots of bad people in that genealogy. Yeah. Really bad people. I mean, like one of them was Manasseh. He said he did more evil than anybody else. I mean, hey, yeah, we'll put him in the genealogy. Let's be proud of him. Um, included five women, counting Mary, three of which, Tamer, Rahab, and Ruth, they weren't even Jewish. Yep. But yet they were included. So what's this all about? I think one of the things it is, is that we are being told, Jesus is telling us through this genealogy, although Matthew wrote the genealogy. Again, remember, Matthew's writing to Jews. So this is going to be very, very important to Jews to read this genealogy. And that's the reason why some of the people are in it, because it's specifically written for Jews as well. But in this whole thing, he's trying to show us that we can be used despite who we are or despite what our history is. There's so much promise in that. Oh, it's unbelievable when we begin to look at it. So as we look at Matthew 1, and I'm not going to read the whole thing because the Usually the begat sections of Scripture are ones we skip over. Oh, I thought it was just me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Those, if you're really tired, if you're really not tired, that'll put you to sleep. But we begin with Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Okay, that starts out with some real powerful names that are really up front for Jews. So... They're going to read into the, oh, okay, so I'm going to listen to this because I can identify with this. I identify with all of those names. Abraham, the first one, he's viewed as the father of their faith. And he was a man of great faith. And we know that. But he wasn't perfect. We also know that. He took, well, remember, he took his family to Egypt when there's a famine. He took his family to Egypt. He realized his wife was a really good-looking lady. He was scared that they would kill him so they could have his wife. So he tells everybody, she's my sister. That backfires with the king. And so, but here's Abraham, this guy that we adore or we uphold as the father of the nation. He sold his own wife out. And if that wasn't bad enough, he did it again. And then Isaac, it's like father, like son, does the same thing. And then Jacob, Jacob's name literally means grabs heel. Mm -hmm. In other words, he trips up other people to get what he wants, and he does it his whole life. He goes around his whole life lying and cheating his way through. (laughs) So these are the big three. The first team, great pillars of the faith, yeah. God used him a lot. Yeah, he did. And usually when we hear their names, we think positive things about them. We don't think negative things about them. And maybe even in your life, if you've not really studied them very much, you have the feeling they were perfect. You know, we get the feeling, Sandy, sometimes when we read Scripture that those are the Bible people. And, and they walk on water right there with Christ. Yeah, yep. yeah. They're, they're different. They're different. They're not like us. Those are the Bible people. Now, hey, you want to read about dysfunctional families? Read the Old Testament. I mean, 
the Bible's full of real people, and that's what we need to do is remember that. Then in verse 5, Salmon, the father of Boaz, who's the mother of Rahab, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse. Now, Rahab not only is a woman, but she's already out of the norm to be included because she was a prostitute. Now, I'm not sure many of us are going to set up our family trees and put a prostitute in there if we can skip over her somehow. Exactly. Hide hide that one in the closet. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely one of the ones we would hide. But Jesus keeps her front and center. And now things are really about to get messy because now we come to David. Mm -hmm. David, the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Now, that's kind of curious. Why did Matthew say it that way? Why don't you try to hide this? This isn't the kind of story you'd expect to see in genealogy. We remember David as a man after God's own heart, the guy who killed Goliath, the humble shepherd who waited for the throne and didn't even take it when he had the opportunity to. Remember, David was anointed to be king, Mm -hmm. and yet Saul was still king. So Saul continued to reign as king. David didn't take it over. And David had the opportunity to kill Saul when he was in that cave and didn't do it. So, you know, wow, David, cool guy. This leader had fearlessly led his men into battle. He brought the beloved ark back to Israel. All those things are true. And these were the memories that the Jews would have immediately thought of, probably, when they read his name in the genealogy. But then there's the dark side. The wife of Uriah. The wife of Uriah. Didn't, didn't call her by her name. Didn't no. call her Bathsheba. Called no. her the wife, the wife of, of Uriah. Uriah. Yep. And instead of brushing past that, Jesus points directly to it. So he, in addition to all the good things, he was an adulterer, a murderer, and a deceiver. And an affair with Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, and Uriah was one of his commanders than who he had killed. So Jesus' genealogy not only includes David, but points directly to one of the most heinous things a person can do. And, you know, when you look at this genealogy, in real, <laughs> it's full of messy people. It is. Real people. Real people. Real people like you and me. You know what I take from that is because because I and I'm not shy about my secular past. I'm I'm fairly open about it. But it's like wow, God uses people just like me, even in yes. His own family. Yep. Yeah, and part of the reason He does that is that when God's Spirit works through us to accomplish the things that God wants to do, there are always things that we couldn't do on our own. Yeah. When that happens, then He gets the glory, and that's. The whole thing, as that's the way he's designed it. So, you know, I can identify with this list, which I'm sure probably a lot of our listeners can too. There's more than a few times I've messed up. Yep, me too. More than a few times I've worried I've made one too many mistakes that God will say, that's enough. You've messed up enough. One, that's, you're done. No more grace and mercy for you. No more. Yeah, I, 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 I see, I thought I was alone in that too. <laughs> no. And I think we've had times when we'll think about things and we'll say, I'm not sure I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. I don't measure up. I'm just kind of faking my way through. And that one day the facade's going to fall off and I'm going to be found out. Yep. 
The other thing that's interesting about this list is that God promised things to some of these people and then seemingly forgot about them. David was anointed king, and then he lived in exile. Mm -hmm. Abraham and Sarah waited 30 years for a baby. Ruth basically lost her whole family. Maybe we're waiting for God to bring healing into our lives. We're wondering if God even cares about us anymore. Haven't heard from him for a while. Or maybe you can feel as if he's ashamed. He doesn't even want to be associated with you. Maybe we can relate to these people on this list too. Yeah. I think there's some ways that we can. But then here's the hope. There's a really interesting. In Isaiah 11.1, 1, it says, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. In other words, out of this mess, a Savior's going to come. And it's in this mess, this despair, that the King of Kings entered the world. You know, we can look at this family tree of Jesus and just see the brokenness. There's broken lives, broken relationships everywhere you look. And quite frankly, probably looks a lot like a lot of our family trees. I remember that uh, a certain aunt that my mother never wanted us to visit because of her lifestyle. She didn't want my sister and I around her, that type of thing. Yet it's through this brokenness family that God decides to bring redemption through Jesus. You know, Isaiah penned that verse 400 years before Jesus came. And there's a time between the Old and New Testament that's called the 400 years of silence. Because God, there were no prophecies. There were no prophets. No books of the Bible being written. No recorded words from God. 400 years of silence. Now you can imagine after 400 years, the people probably forgot, thought God had forgot about them. Yeah, yeah, you think? <laughs> you think? If, if I he, haven't heard from him in 400 hours, I yeah, think he's forgotten. That me. he's yeah. kind of moved past them. He's given up on them. He's done. They're finished. But making matters worse, the Romans now had invaded and they occupied the promised land. The nation of Israel lost hope, not deliverance. They felt God had given up on them. So for a minute, let's put ourselves in the silent time. For some of us, that's not much of a stretch. That's our story. Maybe on this Christmas, you feel God's overlooked you. He's silent. He's moved past you. He's forgotten about you. What are you longing for right now? What are you praying for? What are you hoping for? What are you looking at in your life right now that's dead? It's done. It's kind of like an old tree stump, like Isaiah wrote about. What do you want God to take away that you feel like you've been wrestling with for a long time? You know, before Jesus entered the picture, Israel looked a whole lot like a dead tree stump. But God has this strange habit of using broken people and hopeless situations to bring about his plan. And that's the good news for you and me today, Sandy. It is. I'm, I'm living proof of that. Yep. If God can use all those people and all their mistakes, he can use you and he can use me. Thank you, Lord. 
And if God can bring something good from those messes, he can bring something good to your life. You know, if we're honest, our lives look a whole lot like a dead tree stump. Sure, we might dress it up and play it off like it's no big deal. But all of us, without exception, have parts of our lives that are dead. It's just the way it is. For some, it seems like there are outside forces oppressing you everywhere you turn. Every day's a struggle just to get through. If you're weighed down, you don't know where to turn. It feels like God's forgotten you. Well, maybe you can't relate to that. But what, when you look at the genealogy of, genealogy of Jesus, you can relate a whole lot to David. Your life is a mess, and it's your fault. Feels like everything is lost and it's a waste. It's done and it's finished. You've destroyed the most important relationships you have. You feel like there's no way God can bring life back into this mess that you've created. Whatever it is right now, though, God can bring life into even the deadest part of our lives. And here's the good news, the best news. God's love for you has never changed, and it's never wavered. He loves you more than you realize. Just like those in Jesus' genealogy, God can take the bad things you've done and the bad things done to you and use them for good. And that's the promise of Isaiah from the stump. In other words, from the mess of Abraham Isaac, Jacob, David, and all the others in that genealogy comes life. Life in the form of baby Jesus. From the hopeless situation comes hope. That promise, that's true still today. God wants to use you and your genealogy to further his plan. That's really the message of Christmas. That is so awesome. Thank you so much. That's, you know, I have, I have a little sign that hangs over my desk, and it says, the character of God. God cannot lie. He loves you, and he has a great plan for you. And if right. you doubt this, refer to the first line. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And it's, uh, he just wants to use us as we are. We don't have to become someone else. Because we are unique. It's like I tell couples when I'm working with couples that if your object is to, or if what you're trying to do is change your spouse to be like you, to see things as you see them, to like them the way you like them because of the way you like them and so on, what you are, what you are in fact doing is you're telling God you made a mistake when you made them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he created them to be unique for their gifts to be used, just like he created you to be unique. So your object is not to change them. He has you for a purpose. And, and, and he will call you and use you, if, if you will allow him to. Yeah, always. And he always assigns us when it's, a, when it's a calling from God. There's an interesting thing about that as you think about it and as you study scripture about assignments from God, if it's a God assignment, 
it's always bigger than what I can do on my own. Amen. <laughs> and that's because it's a God assignment. It's not a Gary assignment. It's a God assignment. If it's a Gary assignment, Gary gets the credit for doing it, and Gary can just figure it all out, and he'll make it work. But if it's a God assignment, the only way Gary's going to be successful in carrying out that assignment is to allow God to work through him. He will use the unique characteristics of Gary to do his assignment. Gary doesn't have to become someone else. He just has to be a tool that God can use. And then he'll use me. That's the way it works. I love it. And, and you know, this is not the first time you have shared that lesson with me. (laughs) (laughs) You're not only a good friend, but you're also a great mentor. So I want to thank you again for joining me today. It's it's, I just couldn't imagine doing the Christmas show with anybody else. Um, But, you know, one of the things, too, that I, in my early walk, you know, because you read things like the the Jews are God's chosen people. But through this genealogy, it shows that that God's love is for everyone, the Jews, the Gentiles, all of us alike. And that's so, that's so important that we understand that God loves everyone. Um, But I don't want to, I want to take just our remaining time here. I don't want to ignore your teachings, your mutual understanding method. How can our listeners reach you to learn more about mutual understanding methods, your events, your one-on-one coaching, and even if they have questions about this? Well, they can go to my website and, uh, which is mutualunderstanding.net. There's a place on there that you can just click on and uh, send me an email directly. It'll come to my email, and then I'd be happy to answer any questions. Uh, I'm still doing some one-on-one work with couples. In fact, I'm doing a very interesting thing right now. I have a couple in Florida I'm working with. And it's uh, it's really an interesting assignment, and it's working out really quite well. You know, COVID's been good for that. We've learned <laughs> we've learned to do things like that. Yeah. Well, I had actually done this before and put a lot of things up in the cloud because I was working with a couple in Japan, a missionary couple. Oh, sweet. But uh, that's yeah, that's cool. the easiest way. Just so, go to my website and then send me an email. And it's mutualunderstanding.net. Right. So we are we are down to the last seconds. Remember, folks, if you don't already, be sure and tune in to Gary's show here on KBXL each Friday morning at 845 and check out his Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page where you can catch his live every Monday morning at 10 a.m. If you miss it, there's always the uh, the archive for his radio show on 941thevoice.com or catch the live replay at any time on Facebook. Not to mention that you can read Gary's column on our own website, christianlivingmag.com by searching Gary Moore under the columns tab or in our current issue on the stands today. Gary, thank you again for joining me. You are always so inspirational. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you, too. Thanks, Andy. This brings our time to an end this week, folks. We invite you back next week when we have another special guest in store for you, someone who will encourage you with hope and inspiration. Merry Christmas, everyone. Until next time, God bless. This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout the Treasure and Magic Valleys and in Central Idaho through McCall. 
Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.